because I don't actually know how long it takes from the time I hit the button until we're actually on the air. So I usually say this exact same thing. And by the time I'm done, I'm like, hey, we should be live by now. So hello and welcome to the RPG Academy <laughs> podcast. I am Michael and I'm here tonight with a special show and tell edition of the show where we're going to talk to Dave Chalker, who's the lead rules designer for the new Sentinels of the Multiverse RPG. And he's going to walk us through creating characters, uh, which I believe might be the first time this will be out general to the public. So hopefully this will be exciting for some people to watch. Uh, Dave, go ahead and say hello to everybody and introduce yourself in case someone isn't familiar with who you are. Uh, Hello, Uh, I'm Dave Chalker. As you said, I am the uh, lead rules designer for the Sentinel Comics role-playing game. Um, But I work with a great team uh, at uh, Critical Hits Studios, which kind of grew out of uh, my blog, Critical Hits, uh, that we've been running since 2005, and um, work with uh, Phil Menard and Gambanks on RPG design stuff, and we've been consulting with the folks of Greater Than Games, who own all the Sentinels of the Multiverse stuff, and we've been working on this project for about four years, and uh, right now on Kickstarter, we have the, uh, the big old launch for the core rulebook that I'll have the character creation stuff that we're going to be going through tonight, as well as all kind of other goodies. So um, if you haven't checked that out, of course, I encourage you to head over to Kickstarter and take a look. All right. Uh, if Michael, if you would do me a favor while I'm introducing you, go grab that Kickstarter link and throw it into chat. Or you can't yeah. do that. I have to do that. So instead, I will tell you to introduce yourself while I do that. All right. Well, I'm uh, Michael, also with the RPG Academy. Uh, I do editing, uh, recording, actual plays, and convention uh, management for our convention the Aca- uh, at Acaticon. Um, and uh, I'm a huge fan of Sentinels of the Multiverse. Um, I think between myself and our gaming friends, we have all the expansions and I think some of the third-party uh, stuff as well, just to, to spice it up even more. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I have a good couple hundred hours in that in that game. <laughs> so I'm excited to see it come to my preferred medium, which is RPGs, uh, and and getting to to step into that comic book world. Okay, my uh, typing skills leave much to be desired, but I think I found it. Yes, you have. Uh, Michael only has two fingers when uh, he forgets that he has an extra eight. <laughs> fingers I, maybe even nine <laughs> all right i think i got that all right so let me get back to here so um so again what we're going to do tonight is we're basically going to walk through how you would create a character of your own if you didn't want to use any of the pre-made famous from the card game characters which i believe do come in the book like if i wanted to play legacy or uh, bunker they're in the core books correct Yes, not every character from every set is going to be in the initial core book release. Uh, Part of what we're working towards now are some of the stretch goals. There will be some of the supplements. And so there's a core of characters that are in the core rule book, you know, already established. And if you go on the Kickstarter, you can see exactly who that is in one of the updates. Um, But then the more of the stretch goals we knock out and the more supplements that are going to get funded, then the more characters that are going to be out of the box. But as you said, um, you'll be able to make your own characters from the core rulebook. And even if there's any, if your favorite character, you know, doesn't come out as quickly as you'd like, you can make your own version using the character creator system. Excellent. Um, so is there anything else we need to know before we just jump into character creation? Yeah, just briefly. So there's uh, several methods of doing character creation. And we're going to be going through the primary one, which is what we call the guided method. And the guided method is if, you, you have a very loose idea, or if you have no idea at all, what it does is it kind of walks you through the process from the start of the hero's career before they were a superhero, and all the way through to their kind of uh, finishing details, and kind of narrows down your options from, you know, a whole big table worth, uh, and then kind of makes you think like, well, how do these things fit together? What of these smaller options kind of go with the one I'm now envisioning? Uh, now, you can still go through it and kind of ignore some of those uh, randomized steps and just make whatever you want. But, um, you know, that's if you already kind of have a a crystal clear version of what you want to do. Whereas this is, we're kind of going into it more fresh and see what kind of heroes come out at the end. All right. That works for me. Um, 
I don't know if any of that bled through. Apparently, my dog just went crazy upstairs. Um, and it's also been raining here for like three weeks. So my sump pump will occasionally go off. So if you hear a weird <gasps> sound, that's my sump pump. Okay. So with, <laughs> with those apologies out of the way, what's the first thing we do? All right. So you're going to pick up uh, 2D10. You're going to roll this 2D10. All righty. Are we looking for individual numbers, totaling them together? Yeah, so basically I've got, the, the first step we're going to do is backgrounds. I'm just going to hold up character sheet, you know, with, uh, without a lot of the details here, just so people know what we're doing. But it's a two-sided character sheet. Uh, the back is where most of the, the kind of rules, the kind of stuff is going to get filled in. But in the front, there's a section for characteristics, and I've provided uh, both of you with a fillable version of this character sheet. And each of these characteristics, where it says background, power source, archetype, personality are the steps we're going to go through. Okay. So what we're starting with is background. And so I've got a table in front of me in the chapter of 20 different backgrounds. You just roll 2d10. So your options are the individual one of those dice, whatever they rolled. Um, so just tell me what two numbers you rolled. All right. I got a five and an eight. Five and an eight. So your options are going to be five, eight, or you can add any two dice together to also get that option. So uh, I'm going to read you 5, 8, and 13 of the chart, and you tell me which of these is the most appealing. Okay. okay. So 5 is unremarkable. Unremarkable. Before you were a superhero, you had a pretty ordinary life. 8 is tragic. You know, something terrible happened to you, and that kind of precipitated you entering the heroic lifestyle. It'll be 8, but go ahead and tell me what 13 is. <laughs> and then 13 is medical. Uh, you were a doctor or in some other related field uh, before you became a hero. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going with tragic. Okay. So I'm going to flip to that section of my book here. Uh, so on the back of the character sheets, there's a column for powers, column for qualities, and then status dice. Uh, in the game, whenever you're doing an action, you're always taking one die from each of those columns. And part of what this process is going to do is as we go through it, uh, we're going to fill in those powers and qualities and what die value they are. So the higher die value they are, up to D12, the more strong, more powerful, more trained it is. Okay. Right? Yep. So under tragic, uh, what it says here is you assign a D10 and a D8 to two, uh, two options of these qualities that I'm going to read out. Uh, banter is one. Close combat, imposing, or any mental quality. And if you look on one of the reference sheets I provided you, uh, there's a list of all the different mental qualities. Alrighty. Uh, so while you're looking at that, uh, Michael, what were your roles? Uh, so I got a one and a five. One to five. Um, I yeah. should also say at each of these steps, you can do a reroll if you want. You know, yeah. you're there. Uh, so one is upper class. All right. Uh, five was unremarkable, and six is law enforcement. All right. So go ahead and think about which of those kind of grabs you. Yeah, I think it's got to be upper class, right? Okay. Like if you have the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you? Just be rich. <laughs> it, it can come in handy, that's for sure. Yeah. Money okay. should just be a power. <laughs> uh, it kind of is, actually. They're, All right. Uh, especially for a character like Wraith, who has lots of uh, money. She actually has a quality die, a wealthy CEO that she can yeah. just, just throw money at problems. She Yeah, she throws money at the enemies, and then they fall over. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Dave. One more time, could you read me the, the first options? I chose mental investigation for one, but I need to pick one of the others. Okay, so banter, close combat, or imposing. Imposing is kind of uh, intimidation. It means you, you know, people are fearful for uh, of you when you want to exert that. Okay, I'm gonna go with banter. Okay, so you're gonna put a D10 in one of them, and on your character sheet, you'll write, you know, whatever quality in the qualities column at a D8, and then the other one, you write the name of with one with a D10, one with a D8. All right, so I went banter D10, investigation D8. Um, now we're, you're going to get an ideals principle. We're going to kind of do ideals last, but what that means is there's a category of principles that kind of, uh, drive your character 
and give them some more kind of role-playing hooks among other um, more tangible benefits. Also, it's kind of how they um, they get hero points, which is kind of like XP. And just so you have it ready, you're going to want to set aside 2d10 and a d6 for the next step. I am ready whenever Michael gets caught up. Okay, so when we look at upper class, mm-hmm. you're going to assign a d10 and a d8 to two of these qualities. Uh, fitness, persuasion, or any mental quality. Any mental quality, which are for... Let me see the mentals. Alertness, conviction, creativity, investigation, and self-discipline. Oh, well, alertness, gotta go, gotta go the big one. Sure. And, and then um, self-discipline, right? I think that's that's a good one. And so what were my numbers again? Uh, you have a D10 and a D8 to spend. All right. I th- I'm starting to, to develop some ID, ideas mm-hmm. of where I want this to go. And that goes under qualities. Yep. Now, if you wanted to ignore fitness and persuasion entirely, like kind of like you are, um, you can take two mental qualities. Just, you know, it's basically just a, a list mm-hmm. to choose from that happens to include all of those. Just to clarify that. A D10, D6. Got D10, it. D10, D8. Oh, D10, D8, right? Yep. Like follow. Correct. Already undisciplined. This is why it's going to my character. <laughs> <laughs> Playing against type. I like it. Right. Okay. Do you have those assigned? Mm hmm. Uh, so go ahead and set aside a D10 and 2D8. Uh, and both of you are going to roll it, and we're going to go on to Power Source at this point in a similar fashion where you, you roll the dice, and that gives you your different options. Um, one thing to note is, well, a few points I'll make here. Uh, first of all, you can, uh, like before, you can take any of the individual numbers, or you can add together any two dice. Um, you'll see there's three dice. You can't add them all together, but you can add any two of them together for those selections. Um, those dice are gonna be what you assign towards other stuff in this step. So your mixture of dice is gonna kind of divert from there from each other. Um, the other thing is we tell people, we, we try to be very honest about this, that these do not produce quote unquote balanced characters. It is not a like a point by everything kind of washes out method. Um, we, we very much wanted to stick to the heart of the uh, Sentinels itself and the comic universe kind of thing where you can have somebody on the team that has no superpowers at all and is just highly trained and somebody with godlike powers, um, but they're both able to contribute and they both kind of have their own different things going on. Excellent. All right. So if I'm, again, because I, I think we had different, I had a six and two D10s and Michael had a six and two. Okay. So I rolled a six, six and a seven. So I'm looking at six, 12 or 13. Uh, or... 6, 7, 12, 13, right? Yeah. Math. So, uh, so power source is how you got your powers. Um, what precipitated getting them. So 6 is nature. 7 is relic. So you have an item of power that provides you your abilities. 12 is an artificial being. You were created somehow, and that's, uh, you know, those powers and abilities are inherent to you. And 13 is cursed, a terrible curse. Uh, is responsible for uh, you developing abilities. I mean, I think we all know where I'm going with this one, right? Cursed? Cursed, yeah. So you said you rolled 2d10 and a d6 to get here, right? Correct. So you're going to assign those three dice, similar to what you did in the previous step with qualities, into these kinds of powers. So these are all options for you. Uh, Signature weaponry, which is, you know, a very specific weapon uh, that is, you know, very important to you. Like Thor's hammer would be a signature weapon, for instance. Athletic powers. Uh, so those those will be on that sheet that I gave you, anything from the athletic column. Uh, elemental slash energy powers. Materials powers, which tend to be things like uh, metal, stone, plants, that kind of thing, control over those things. Or self-control powers which are things that allow you to change yourself. All right. I'm going to think over that a little bit and look at that reference sheet if you want to get Michael caught up. Yep, exactly. So what are the other roles we have to work with here? So you told me, uh, or I think it is two die 10 and a die six, right? Is it the same for me? No, it's going to be different. All right. Um, What do we got? uh, Upper class was a D10 and two D8. So go ahead and roll those. So the die 10 is a seven and the two die eights are a four and an eight. So 
19 altogether or um so you can only add two of them together oh gotcha uh, so the four is experimentation you're experimented upon to get your powers uh seven was relic eight is powered suit you have a mech suit or something similar mm -hmm. to use to uh, do your thing 11 four and seven supernatural uh some otherworldly thing uh infused you and is responsible for your powers mm -hmm. Uh, 15 is genius. You use your mighty intellect in order to uh, use your powers. Well, I'm going, I'm trying to go opposite of, of myself. So I'll, I'll probably stay away from that. One. No. Uh, so I think I'm going to go power powered suit, right? Nothing. Nothing. We're, we're, we've got a, we've got an Anthem Warframe, Tony Stark feel yep. going so far. Uh, so there is actually a power called power suit. Yeah. So one of those dice that you rolled, the the ten or the two d eights, one of those you're gonna put in power suit under your powers column. All right. All right. And if you want it to be a fairly defining power suit, then with very flexible, you probably want to put your ten sider in that. But mm -hmm. if it's more of not quite all that you are and and other aspects of it, less of the utility aspects and more other things, then you could just put a d eight in that and use the other two dice for some of these other powers that I'm gonna say. I think we got to go. We got to go D10. We already we know it's in there. Sounds good. So I'm going to rattle off some power options here. So we've got awareness, which for a power suit would be like kind of sensor type mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, cold, fire, electricity, nuclear, elasticity, if you've got a stretchy suit, part mm -hmm. detachment, if you've got, say, you know, rocket punch or something, uh, lightning calculator, do math very fast. Uh, signature vehicle, which, um, you know, just like signature weaponry, that's a vehicle that's very particular to your character, like, mm -hmm. a, say, a magic surfboard or a flaming motorcycle or something like that. Signature weaponry, any athletic power, and any mobility power. All right. And you've got two D8s to work with left over there because you spent your D10, and so mm -hmm. you can pick two of those. So elastic, because it just sounds great, and I don't believe that i've seen a super suit do yeah. elasticity it right? stretches yeah it's got it, like the extendable robot arms yeah you get like a molecular like it forces molecular control on your body or something like yeah, that. yeah that so, sounds pretty sweet so elastic and then i will think about that i'm gonna look at the athletic abilities okay. and then i'm gonna decide sounds good all right dave so i'm looking at the self-control powers mm -hmm. and uh, there's an intangibility ability. There's also density control. So yes. with density control, would I be able to go intangible or are they separate? They're separate. Um, density control is controlling the density of others, if I remember correctly. I can look it up here. But intangibility is uh, you just being able to pass through things. Actually, I think density control, you know, it's a self-control power. It lets you make yourself more dense, but not less dense, per se. I certainly feel more dense when I'm around Michael, so like. I don't know if you want <laughs> just making me look bad, man. All right. So I'm going to go with intangibility for my D10 uh, signature weapon that I haven't defined yet is my other D10. And I'm still trying to figure out what I want my third to be. Now, can what? it, it can be another self-control power or. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Let What's intangibility do? Like you can. I phase kitty pride or vision type of thing. Yeah. Pass through things. Yep. Yep. Nice. Who needs walls? So what about absorption? Allowing you to absorb particular kinds of energy or um, other things that come in. Some of the more of the details we'll, we'll get to, but um, you know, if you put a D6, it means it's not particularly strong, but it means you can do it, right? Okay. Uh, any die size in these powers you know, is like, this is a thing your character can do. Okay. Just don't go with clothes. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I think I'm gonna take invisibility so that way I can basically go through things and be invisible, which kind of ties into my investigator. I, I see my character sneaking into places unseen, getting the information and getting out. Yep. Sounds good to me. So um, if you've got those noted on powers, so everyone has sets of abilities and abilities are kind of practice ways that you've used your powers that make them perform better because they're kind of like practiced moves that you can do with these powers. And on the sheets, uh, so we call this the gyro system for green, yellow, red, and out gyro. And 
you have a certain status based on how your health is doing and how bad the scene has gotten. So as you get more hurts or as things kind of go haywire, you get access to more and more abilities from your sheet. Which I think uh, is very cool. Thanks. Yeah. So in each of these zones, we're going to be adding abilities. And we're actually going to start with some yellow abilities from Curse. So for Curse specifically, it says you're going to get two yellow abilities from a list I'll read you. And they're each going to use a different one of your power decks. So one option is Costly Strength, which is a boost that you can do to a number of allies. So a boost is one of the basic actions in the game that's you know, provides a bonus to the next action that you do. So you do a big boost to all your nearby allies for their next action, which you also hinder yourself and take a penalty to your next action. So that's costly strength. There's attunement. Uh, and when you would take damage from a particular energy or element type, uh, instead of taking the damage, you can recover that much health. And then finally, there's cursed resolve, which you can boost yourself uh, using one of your powers. And then you can either remove a penalty that's on yourself that maybe a bad guy put there or recover some health. So those would be the three options. Now with all these abilities, there's these are just kind of placeholder names. And to just tell you, you know, if we were finishing up the characters at the end, you'd write out all the, the details of how they work in the game. But also you would rename them to your character at the end of the process. Okay. Uh, I'll be thinking over those while you uh, help Michael. Yep. All right. So I, I had to decide between the very core elements of agility speed strength and vitality and i went with strength yeah i went with yeah, strength. Strength. Yeah. they can stretch and also yeah um, it's got a bit of a buff to it as well i feel like i'm building like a very wealthy stretch armstrong <laughs> <laughs> stretch rich strong something like yeah. that yeah there, it's in there yeah it's around there somewhere. Yeah, we'll f I'll find it before yeah. the name will be in there before the. We'll, end. we'll figure it out by the end. Yeah. Uh, very... So likewise, you're going to get two uh, yellow abilities that are each going to key off a different one of your power dice. Uh, so the first option is onboard upgrade, which uh, boosts yourself, and it's a persistent boost, which means uh, normally you do a uh, you get a bonus for your next action and then it goes away. This mm -hmm. is actually an upgrade that you can do that will last for the rest of the scene. This is like the stuff is going sideways, and when we need to, we need to burn some juice on the machine. Um, it's more, you know, hey, I've got this useful little uh, invention that's part of my suit that I'm going to deploy right now, and then oh yeah, like I've got the electro fist that's going to give me a bonus when I start punching things later. Yeah, the standard uh, stretch Armstrong tactics are not working, and I need I need to use some some tricks up the sleeve. I like exactly. that. exactly. Yep. Uh, so onboard upgrades, one option. Uh, energy converter is when you take a certain energy type of damage, then in, uh, you can take that damage and convert it into a boost. Mm -hmm. So you still take the damage, but then you get a bonus on your next action, possibly to attack you know mm -hmm. whatever's after you within the first phase. And then there's explosive attack, which attacks up to three different targets uh, using your different kinds of dice. But if you roll doubles, then there's some kind of collateral damage, and either you'll take damage or there'll be some kind of story twist that comes with it. Mm -hmm. um, I like onboard upgrade and and explosive attack. And you know what I just realized is this might be it might be uh, like a venom esque character. Ah, so your right? super suit is more yeah. maybe more biological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Or, or I so onboard upgrade and explosive attack, where do I want to put those on this very colorful? Um, so those are going to go kicks. in your yellow zone abilities, um, kind of most of the way down the sheet on the back. There it is. And each of these different lines, you'll say onboard upgrade on one, and then you'll pick one of your powers that goes with it. Mm -hmm. You can just write it there. And then explosive attack on the next line with whatever other power goes with that. Got it. I like that there's actually enough space to write on this. <laughs> For myself, I ended up taking attunement and I paired that with my intangibility mm -hmm. and then cursed resolve and I tied that to my signature weapon. Sounds good. Um, and from this, you're going to get a green ability. One is uh, double edged luck, which says whenever you roll one or more, uh, one of your one or more of your dice rolls a one you can reroll it once. So it's kind of protection for, you know, total botching. 
And the other one is uh, called extremes, where whenever you roll a one on a die, it becomes a zero. And whenever you roll the max die, the max value of a die, it goes up by one. So you can, so your very lowest roll and your very highest roll are both pushed one in those directions. All right, and I get one of those? You get one of those. Okay, I'll go with extremes. Okay. So then you put that under your green abilities. Now that, that so most of the other ones that you've taken are either actions, they're things you do on your turn, or the reactions you do it in response to something else. These are inherent, which means they're just always kind of on. But yeah, one of those goes into your green ability section. All right. Okay. And just while we're well, looking at the entry, you're going to want to set aside a D12 and a D6 for the next step. And then okay. the the name of the ability is just would be explosive attack, right? Right. And okay. at the end, we'll rename them to something very specific to the character. Gotcha. But this is just the placeholder name, so you can go back and reference what it is for all the game text. Uh, if anyone, I know at Gen Con, I picked up the um, the starter kit. It has character sheets in it, so you can kind of see the filled out version as what everything would look like once we're done as well. Yep. Yep. Six characters in the uh, starter kits. Okay, so for Powered suit. Um, so you've taken the yellow abilities. Um, you're going to get one green ability. Dave, sorry, one quick question. Someone was asking, yeah. um, is that form fillable character sheet something that people will be able to access or is it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yep. It'll be downloadable. Um, it's not out there right now because the character creation stuff isn't out there right now, but we'll definitely be providing it. Perfect. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. And, and what were you saying? Um, so for powered suit, uh, we've got the two yellow abilities. Uh, so there's going to be one green ability from this list, uh, either diagnostic subroutine, which uh, whenever you would change your uh, zone due to your health, so whenever you go from like green to yellow because you've taken damage or yellow to red, you can remove a penalty that's on you. So some, you can kind of shake off some ongoing bad attack, bad effect, or just flat out damage reduction because your powered suit provides you with some modicum a protection that uh, reduces damage, that um, the amount of damage it reduces goes up as you go into different zones. Uh, so, Michael, which of those sounds? Um, let me let me write them down and go through them so I can decide. That's what, yeah, that's what I've been trying to do is type them on yeah, the sheet. Type places. them up yeah. and then, like, I mean, I'm I'm making this like as a chess move. <laughs> uh, diagnostic subroutine to remove penalties on yourself when mm -hmm. you get damaged or damage reduction, which kind of does what it says. Mm -hmm. I think you got to go damage reduction, right? Yep. Makes sense to me. Yeah. And that's, that's the green ability. That's a green ability. Yep. All right. Golden. Uh, and you're going to want to set aside a D10 and two D6 for archetype selection, which is the next step. D10, two dice six. All right. And whenever you're ready, we for both of you, we will move on to archetypes. I think you told me I needed a D12 and a D6. Yep. All right, I've rolled those. Both of them are fours. Okay. So again, if neither of these um, sound good to you, you can reroll them. Uh, especially with doubles, it kind of cuts down your options. Uh, four is marksman, and eight is flyer. Yeah, none of those really sing to me just yet. Do you mind like maybe going up and down? So give me what the three and the five would also be? Uh, the three is physical powerhouse. Five is blaster. Hmm. No. I, I'm, I'm still thinking on that. If you want to go to Michael, maybe one of, one of his options will sing. I feel like you got something in your mind. Um, so go ahead and, so you rolled the... Um, D10 to two dice six, right? Yep. Numbers are four, a two, and a two. I don't think I've rolled well at all this game. <laughs> I'm glad we're not in the game yet. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter here. It's when you actually get into a fight. Yeah. And then you start to curse the dice. Two, four, four, you said? Uh, yeah, four, two, two. But yeah, the, for the D10 and four, two, two, two dice six is two, two. Uh, so shadow is number two. Ooh. Four is marksman. And six is close quarters combatant. There it is. We get. We got it. Shadow, Michael? Yeah, I think I think that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Uh, so someone in chat missed the uh, archetypes. Can you just kind of go over them, like all the? Like, well, how many of them are there? Options I don't want to go through. There's 20 on each of these tables, so not necessarily going to go over all of them, sure. but just some of the options. Um, Have you done the math for like 
how many iterations <laughs> of of a different character you could make. No, because as you've seen, each of these has like sub options as well. So yeah. we're just going to go with there's lots of ways to make characters. Much easier math. Yeah, exactly. And yes, I went with Shadow. Okay, so we will go to Shadow here. In close quarters, I'm sorry, this was a green or? This is your archetype and then we'll oh, give yeah. you some other stuff as part of it. That is back under characteristics. Got it. Uh, okay, so let's go back to Shadow because that's the first one here. So you had a D12 and a D6, right? Correct. Uh, so you're going to assign one of those dice to uh, stealth, which is a quality. So you either put a, your D12 in stealth or a D6 in stealth. Um, if you already had stealth, then you could either replace it and drop the die down or just skip this step. All right, I want to go with stealth there. Okay, so for 12-sider. Okay, and then... Uh, you have a D6 to put into one of these powers or qualities. Uh, invisibility, intangibility, which I believe you already have, signature weaponry, any physical quality, or any athletic power. All right, let me look over those for a second. Okay. And then close quarters combatants. You know it. So assign one of the dice you rolled to the close combat quality, which I don't believe you already have, so... Um, choose one of those dice that you rolled for the step and add close combat as one of your qualities. Gotcha. And what are the, for my CQB uh, dice, what are they? Or the, the die, oh, you mean of the, sorry, of the D10 and the two die six? Yes, the dice Got you it. rolled to get to the step, yep. Got it. We're going to go die 10. Okay. And then you're going to put one of those leftover dice into signature weaponry, power, any athletic power, any mobility power, or any technological power. Technological. All right. And so I'm sorry. So I have a D6 left, and you said I could put those into any athletic powers and any mobility powers? Physical qualities or athletic powers. Physical qualities. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm, oh, is that like acrobatics, close combat? Yep. Okay. It should be on that list as well. All right. So as someone who can turn invisible and can phase through objects... I already have stealth. I think it may be close combat. I think the I think that would be what I'd go with because my my mind my signature weapon is going to be like a sword or something. It's not going to sure. be a ranged weapon. That makes sense. And um, because signature weaponry is a power and close combat is a quality, you would frequently have them in the same dice pool. All right, and I have that at D six, and I I think okay. I've done all the options I have so far. Okay, so um, you're going to get two green abilities from this list. The first one is Shadowy Figure, which allows you to attack with a specific uh, power quality you choose. And then you also defend using one of the dice against all attacks against you because it's like you're attacking but also darting through the shadows so you're harder to pin down. Uh, Untouchable, which is a reaction that reduces damage to you uh, and gets better as you go up in green, yellow, red zones. So that's untouchable. And then there's also sabotage, which you can uh, attack using one of your powers or qualities. And then you also get to hinder the thing you're attacking or maneuver in the scene to somewhere else uh, or get rid of a, um, a bonus that somebody else has that you can theoretically sabotage. Okay. I, I like untouchable, but I, I think I'm going to go with sabotage. Oh, you get two of them, so you oh, can take both. perfect. Then I'll get the Untouchable and Sabotage. Yep. Uh, and then you will also get one more yellow ability, one of which is uh, Overcome from the Darkness. So it's an attack or Overcome. So attacking is probably self-evident, but Overcome is your, your all-purpose. Defeat a challenge, make a skill check kind of action. So this is um, an attack or Overcome that also boosts yourself because you're doing it from advantageous position. Uh, so that's Overcome from the Darkness, and then Smoke Bombs uh, allows you, when you or an ally takes damage, to defend that ally by rolling a, a single die. Okay, I'm going to go with Overcome from the Darkness. Okay, and that goes in your yellow. Um, at the end, you're going to get an Expertise Principle, which, again, we'll choose exactly what that is near the end, and you're going to be rolling 2d10 for personality selection, but... Uh, Spoiler to everyone rolls 2d10 for personality selection. So. All right. So one, one question. When I 
got my original green and yellow powers, they were, or my, yeah, they were connected to, so like attunement, for example, is, is attached to intangibility. Yep. And curse resolve was attached to signature weapon. Is overcome from the darkness attached to something? Yes, you'd also pick a power quality okay, for so, it to go with. Okay, I get to choose. Okay, perfect. I was just making sure. Thank you. Yep. And because these are in different steps, you can repeat a uh, power quality you already have an ability for. Um, you have to be unique within the same step, but you don't have to uh, diversify between steps. Got it. Thank you. Yep. Okay. So going back to our close quarters combatants. All right, so I went, I like this uh, sort of, my suit makes me a bit amorphous thing, so I went with flight and swim, two mo mobilities. And Perfect. Just can sort of exist anywhere. Yep, can stretch anywhere and right. yeah. go wherever you want. All right, so you've assigned all your dice to uh, powers, mm -hmm. and now you're going to get some green and yellow abilities from this. All and right. it's actually a fairly big list here in close quarters combatants. So, so, uh, and we can we can expedite a little. I feel like you you know where my head's at. If yep. you uh, if you want to pull out a couple. I'm, okay. Well, I'm I'll go through it. It's pretty quick. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, these will all make sense. So, defensive strike is uh, defend you and attacks at the same time. It's a slightly weaker attack, but you do get some defense as part of it. Mm -hmm. Offensive strike is just a powerful attack. Uh, flexible stance lets you do any two basic actions, like you know, attack and defend, but they're both using your lowest rolling die. So mm -hmm. you're doing two things at once, but neither of them is as effective as if you were just doing the one. Uh, throw minion. This probably will be up your alley. Uh, you attack a minion, so minion are like single die moot kind of things that you can mm -hmm. toss around. This allows you to attack one, and whatever it rolls, then you can also have attack and another target mm -hmm. so pick up the minion attack it and also attack something else uh there's also precise strike which lets you ignore any defenses or penalties on the attack it's a very accurate attack and then dual strike allows you to attack two different targets with the same role so i like the do two things at once and i like the piercing okay um so you're actually getting three of these at green and one of them at yellow okay so ultimately you're getting four out of these so three three green and one yellow. Yep. So what is the do two do two things? Do two things is flexible stance. Flexible stance. All right. And then uh piercing. Uh, precise strike. Precise strike. Uh and you gotta go with throw minion. Oh yeah. I mean, people want to talk about utility. That's utility. And then um the offensive strike as the, the yellow. Yep, that makes sense. So you have a more powerful attack when you get into yellow. Yeah. Before then, you're very flexible. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, you will get a responsibility principle when we get to principles, and you're going to roll 2d10 for your personality selection. I see this. I'm getting power. I'm also getting responsibility. It's a thing that happens. Yep. Yes. All right. So uh, for my 2d10, I rolled a 3 and an 8. Okay. So on the personality chart, and these are, are a little more flexible, but they also give you your status dice, which is the other part of your dice pool. Okay. So three is impulsive, eight is fast talking, and 11 is stoic. I, I think I'm building towards stoic with this character. Okay. So for your green, yellow, and red dice um, next to your powers, your, your green is a D6, your yellow is a D8, and your red is a D10 which is kind of the standard array of as things get more serious, you get a, you know, a little more bumped up. Got it. And then someone had asked, just to clarify, that the green and yellow abilities all come from the same pool. I, I, I think that earlier they were defined, it was only this new one that Michael was able to pick, right? Yeah, the, the process will tell you where to fill in these specific um, things. So there's not one master list. They're all just with these different entries. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. Uh, okay, and what are the other the other roles for personality? I got a five and a ten. Five is sarcastic. Uh, ten is alluring, and fifteen is jovial. I mean, yeah, sarcastic. Sarcastic. I had to put at least some element of my myself in there. <laughs> I, I think you are building a sarcastic character, so that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Rich, uh, so sarcastic. Sarc These it's like wine and cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're actually going to have a D8 
for each of them. D8 green, D8 yellow, D8 red. Yeah. All right. The red zone. We haven't gotten into the red zone yet. No, and actually we're, um, because that's something that would be more of a finishing touch and it's better to have the um, access to the book for, because um, we probably won't really go into that, but, you know, I can explain briefly how it works. All right. All right. And again, in case people missed that earlier, um, you start off, assuming most of the time you're going to start off in the green zone. And then as the scene progresses, it, the scene can move you into the next zones like yellow and red, or you personally taking damage can cause you to go to yellow or red. And as you do that, you gain new and more powerful ability. I don't know if I'm more powerful, but you, you gain new abilities. Uh, but usually the yellow and red have a chance they can also hurt you. Some of the die roll combinations can cause right. you to hurt yourself. So it's like more power, but more risk. Yeah, and generally they are more powerful the closer you get up to red, but yeah, sometimes they come with risk, and also things are probably kind of going off the rails, and you need the help. Nice. And then as a throwback to the card game, if your character is out, you still have an ability that you can do that's like a booster hindrance, so you still have a mechanical effect each round, even though you're out. Yep, so in fact, uh, we are going to get that ability from your personality. Okay. So for Stoic, Stoic, your out ability is that you can defend an ally by rolling a single die of equality of your choice. So it means even while you're out, something about you lets your allies take less damage from things. So it might be, you know, even while you're not fully in the fight, you're still able to provide your intangibility as some kind of effect for others. Okay. Just the risk of disappointing you. (laughs) (laughs) I can't let you down. And uh, sarcastic, uh, your out ability is that you hinder an opponent by rolling a single quality die. All right. Because they are still kind of rattled by your your sarcastic remarks or just kind of thinking about that sick burn from earlier. I like it. You, yeah, you, you, you knock them off their game a little bit. Yep. Even though they might have beat you to heck, still, yeah. your words are going to stay with them. Yeah. Um, so you both, at this point, would get a D8 quality of your choice that you make up that is specific to your character. Now, in general, that can come from kind of like if you have a civilian life, you know, if you have something that's important to that, um, the the characters in the starter kit have some examples, like the said Wraiths is wealthy CEO, is her unique quality, whereas Legacy is America's finest. And this is kind of your, your kind of go-to all-encompassing uh, one thing where if you know nothing else makes sense in the qualities at least you have this other thing to fall back on uh we don't have to do that right now but you know that would be part of this process because hopefully at this point your characters kind of come together and you have a, a decent idea of who they are yeah i think yeah i think so go for it did you have your your line uh, i don't have a line yet i have, I have a, a, a like an identity is a reverie that um basically every time i use my powers I, like I have to lose a memory, which is where the tragedy came in. I forgot my family. Um, so I'm constantly losing more of myself, but I'm coming stronger. But you're also kind of actually fading away from the world, and that's why you can pass through things. Right. I'm, I'm drifting away. Yep. Makes sense. We're so similar. I was like, I'm losing my humanity to this, to this biological element that's attached to me. Nice. So your, your symbiote is taking over. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and and like I I, I I want it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're willing to give that power, but you might regret it later. Right? Like who doesn't want to shut their emotions and humanity off sometimes? <laughs> Come on, it's, it draws you in. Nice. Um, I'm re- I am really excited about uh, this is, you know, I'm, we're consummate gamers, right? We game all the time. I am I am interested in this in this green, yellow, red zone and how I could really sink my teeth into it. Because, you know, I've always thought I like the character that's like, you know, very calm, cool, collected, but then, you know, sort of rages out as things hit the fan. Like, you know, you right. can think of like Beast or, you know, any of the, the sort of ragers. Uh, you know, he's a scientist, but then sometimes he's definitely not a scientist. And I'm interested in making like a character that really uses this green, yellow, red zone to that fullest effect that you can add some depth of mechanical play to the character with the with the green yellow red zone mm-hmm. yeah so and this may be getting too much into the weeds but just and i know michael knows the 
card game much better than me. I play it. I have the giant collector's box, but he's much more versed or you know versed in it. But I imagine there's probably some ability you have where you can give yourself damage on purpose to force yourself into another zone. Yeah, I mean there. So there's um part of the game as a whole is there are these uh, twists. So when you do overcome actions and aren't uh, rolling well, you know it's like you succeed but with a twist. You know there's some kind of complication. And so one of the core things is that if you really want to use one of your abilities that's outside of your current zone, you can take a twist to still use it. You know, the idea in general is that like your heroes, you've been around, you don't bring out all the big guns and give it all that you've got against like the group of bank robbers who you're going to deal with, you know, with no problem anyway. But if things get worse and worse, you start to bring more and more to bear. And that's kind of what the system works to emulate. Um, um, but there are always options, you know. Um, part of the reason this came about, just, you know, speaking to the card game for a minute, sure. is, um, you know, at the beginning of the game, the card game, you've got your hero deck, you've got a random set of cards, you've got nothing in front of you. And then as you play more and more cards, you get more and more powerful and you kind of build up. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily make sense in a role-playing game to be like, oh, I just randomly thought of this thing that I can do, you know, like every single time. So this is kind of our attempt to emulate that where, you know, the more serious things get, the more resources you have to bring to bear. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it kind of maps to that idea. Uh, and then for anyone who's listening, again, just to kind of touch on the game. And, and again, you're the expert. I just read a couple of the cheat sheets, so feel free to correct me or just take over. But generally speaking, when you're in the game, your character wants to do something. Um, I know the example in the starter kit is Legacies fighting a dinosaur on a bridge. Uh, so Legacy says, you know, I'm going to go distract the dinosaur. You take, you get up to three, or you get three dice, one from your quality, one from your power, and one, where does the other one come from? Your status. Your, your status. status. Right, red, yellow, green. You roll those, and then depending on what you're doing, you might, often you're going to take the middle die, so whatever the middle number of the three numbers rolled are. Uh, in some cases, you might take the highest, you might take the lowest, you might add them together, but generally speaking, it's the middle die for most things, right? Yeah, your your basic action is always the middle die. Actually, if you want to take an example, um, if you want to pull up either of your character sheets, I don't know if we figured out how to display them or anything, but you can actually do a sample action with one of them at this point. Because you're 90% you're done of the, you know, the actual character generation process. So when you do something, you're going to take one from power, one from quality, and one from whatever status you're in. I get it. And then you'll roll right. three. It's like it makes sense. Uh, let's see. You've got like a D8 in strength, right? Uh, I do. Okay, so let's say you were just wanting to punch a bank robber, right? So say, okay, strength is the power that makes the most sense here. Mm -hmm. so you grab a D8 for that. You have close combat as one of your qualities, and you take whatever die that is. And then, you know, for you, it doesn't matter because you stay cool no matter what, but say it's in the green zone. So you take a D8 for that, mm -hmm. and you'd roll those three dice and then look at whatever value is rolling in the middle. Right, so stre strength, CQB, and then let's say I want to make sure I hit this guy, you know, right, not that hard. Uh, so would that be precise? Because I want to bypass armor and then... So uh, what those are um, with the abilities, so you're always assembling three-die pool from that top section of that character sheet. Gotcha. What these abilities do is let you modify the role. Yeah, okay, so influence. So I'm green... We're a die eight. It's CQB. It's a die ten. It's strength. It's a die eight. So two die eight plus one die ten. Yep. And you draw those three dice, and yeah. say if you're using your precise strike ability, then you'd roll those three dice. You'd still because of the the description of the ability says you still use the mid die, the middle rolling the dice. But the extra benefit is they can't take any kind of defense or anything. Gotcha. Against it. I see. Again, from what I understand is like let's say the middle result was a seven. Uh, you would do seven points of damage to what you're hitting. If it's yep. a minion, it would roll a save. And if it gets better than seven, it's fine. If it gets less, it's gone. And if it's not a minion, then... It just takes damage. It just basically. takes damage. Now, yep. someone someone had asked, where do we get our hit points from? There's a there's a place for that. Yes. So there's a, there's a thing in the book where you add up several parts of your character in order to get these health ranges to tell you how you're in the green, the yellow, and the red. There's a whole chart here. 
um, you look at, it's a combination of a fixed value plus your red status die, and then one of your powers or qualities that is related to what your health would be, like a athletic power or a mental quality, like something that kind of keep you together. And then you can either uh, roll a D8 and add it on, or you can say, I don't want to risk rolling poorly on this and just take a four on top of it. And then that would give you a total health, your maximum health. And then there's a chart in here that says, this is the, the range that goes in the green. This is the range in the yellow and this is the range in the red. Okay. Very, very cool. Um, so again, just a reminder, cause we've had a couple people who jumped into the stream. The, is the starter kit still available for sale anywhere? Yep. Yeah, it should be at all stores and everything. Yeah, so I picked mine up at Gen Con. It comes with some pre-made characters as well as uh, six single-issue adventures that you can play through. First two are in linear, then the next three are kind of open to different group preference, and then the wraps up with a final one. So if you're interested in this game and you want to kind of play it like right now, you can get this, and it's got everything you need to start playing right away with with you know the characters that come with it the kickstarter is going on right now i think the last i heard last update was you hit 200k yeah. uh, so we're working towards the next stretch goal which is a for everybody adventure is that at 250 i believe yeah i believe so and then the next one after that is another add-on book for additional characters so that's really so far all the stretch goal add-ons have been like portfolios of additional characters good guys and bad guys yeah, well, actually, the the three hundred k one is is kind of a, a big deal one because it um, it adds in all of the kind of more gritty street level characters, which is the team Dark Watch, and it's also kind of more street level settings. Um, so I'm not going to say it's different rules, but it's kind of more advice there. So it's a combination of more characters, more environments, more villains, more ways to build characters, and um, you know, more adventures, like it'll, it'll be like a real source book. Okay. That'll, you know, cover this setting as a whole. All right. And uh, when does the Kickstarter end? Uh, I believe it's February 22nd or so. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's in a few weeks. And as I said, you know, Four, 14 days to go, 14 days to go. Yep. I have already backed it. It's somewhere in the mid tier. I get all the cool stuff, but I don't have like the crazy high levels. Right, um, right. So that that's what I would be looking at doing. Um, so it's it's nine thirty. We were going to end close to here. Is there anything that we didn't cover, or you just want to like talk quickly about, or if are you open to a couple of questions? If we have any, I, I'm open to questions. But also, if you want to look at principles really quick, sure, of course, yes, let's do that. Um, so and chat while while he's doing that. Any questions that you have for him? This is the lead rules designer. So I know a thing or two. He's he that's may. He's not a rules lawyer. He just is the guy who did it. <laughs> I mean, I can be a rules lawyer too, but yeah. Did you pass the bar? That was <laughs> well. I went to a bar, but... <laughs> so you passed one, but not the second one. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, so I know one of you had responsibility principles as one of your principles, um, and those include things like principle of business. You own a small business. Uh, principle of the debtor, you're in debt. Um, and again, these are, are role-playing driven. They all give you some kind of benefits, even if they sound more negative than positive. Um, principle of the detective, probably for the uh, shadow character might make sense. Um, so let's drill into that one real quick, just to go over what a principle gives you. Okay. So it says during role-playing, you can always tell when an important piece of information is being left out or obscured, but you might not know exactly what it is. Uh, so the, the during role-playing parts, these principles always give you something that is true about your character. You don't even have to roll. You can just say, this is something about me that is not going to be negated because it is one of my core driving principles. It gives you another ability um, that relates to an overcome that is basically if you're doing an overcome in your wheelhouse, you're going to use your max die. So principle of detective is you're overcoming to learn some hidden information and you would use your max die for that. So when you're doing your detective thing, um, and it really encourages people to play within the spirit of your character. You know, some people are like worried that it's it's min-maxing, but this is really how superheroes work, right? Like Batman is always using his detective for a lot of things. Um, cold-based characters, solution to just about everything is to use cold on it. So <laughs> we really try to play that up. And then... 
each principle gives you two suggestions for twists. They're kind of open-ended questions. That'd be something you put on the front of the character sheet. So the minor twist is what important clue did you miss? So if a twist does come up with part of your character, these are, you know, the GM can always say, you know, here's a the twist that I'm going to give you or something to relate to what's going on. But if you want ideas, you can always go to these questions. So you might say, well, you know, I got the thing I was looking for, but also I missed the fact that, you know, I just tripped the explosives, you know, that would be an important clue that you missed. And then the major twist, if you really botch a roll, but still need to succeed, uh, what major secret was just revealed that you would rather have stayed hidden? So these are other things that can also, they impact the larger course of the story uh, for your character as part of what you're doing. So we make things more interesting when yes. we don't do as well in the dice as we would like. Exactly. Or, you know, twists can come up in other ways. Like there's some of the abilities that say you take a twist or if you need to stretch yourself to do, mm -hmm. um, we have what's called risky actions because you're not just confined to, you know, the abilities that are on your sheet. If you want to do some other thing, you can, you can do it, but it tends to come with a twist. And so these are, you know, something that, that goes with it that drives the stories in interesting directions. It's, right. Like Chad had said, like the Flash's solution to something is to always just be fast. Run fast. Right. Yeah. yeah, but it's and principle of speed is one of the principles. Yeah, it's pretty classic comic book where you try to use your power in a way you've never done before. That might be a risky maneuver. It's like, well, normally I I do this. Can I do this thing to make this other thing happen? Sure, it's risky. Um, now, if you do that once, is there any sort of like, well, I've already done that once, or is it like fresh every time? It, it's fresh every time. If you find yourself doing it, you know, all the time, what you might want to do, um, there's it's not really leveling, but there are ways to tweak your characters after every uh, few issues. And so you might actually say, well, I've done this all the time. I'm actually going to trade out one of my abilities for an ability that kind of represents this because it is something I've now practiced, but to the exclusion of this other thing that I okay. really don't care about anymore. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the leveling because from what I've read through, there really isn't a, a leveling system, but you gain hero points throughout the course of the game. And those hero points can be used to uh, modify your abilities or to give you floating bonuses. Right. But, but there really isn't a, a, I can raise a D8 to a D10 at some point type of a thing. Right. So there's going to be a couple of ways in the core book that you sort of progress. Hero points are one that are just kind of for like from issue to issue. They kind of just roll over. Every six issues is put into what we call a collection, like a trade paperback, you know, takes all the back issues that you had and, and does it into one. And that lets you call back on those issues for some kind of like <clears throat> modification on your dice or whatnot. You can collect those, which does up your power, but it's not a straight like D6 goes to a D8, but you can also swap things around as part of that process. Or as I said, swap out abilities for other ones, swap principles. If like, okay, I don't really do the speed thing anymore. Instead, I'm more about this cool gun I found or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. um, adjust your character that way. And you can always just kind of go through the character process and rebuild your character to say, well, my powers have changed such that, you know, I don't really think of myself as a shadow character anymore. I'm now, you know, a blaster or whatever. And you can rebuild your character that way while still staying the same character. Another one of the comic book elements I really appreciated, and you touched on it, that after each session, everyone kind of is collectively titles the issue of the comic you just played through, uh, and you keep a running tally until you get to six, and then you take those six and you put them into that volume or collection, you you know, and then you start over again. So on your seventh sec, you know, session, you're going to have one collection and now one new issue. On your 13th game, you're going to have two collections, uh, which I, I think, again, it's... It's just a cool, if you like comic books, and that's why you're playing this game. I, I, I like those little elements, how they throw those in there. So that, whoever came up with that, good job. Yep. <laughs> All right. So I didn't see any specific questions coming through chat. So one more time, because there's a little bit of a delay. Uh, if anyone has any questions for Dave, uh, let us know in chat. While we're waiting for that, Dave, one more time, where can people find you? Where do you want them to go to check out the stuff? Um, yeah. I mean, the best place right now, obviously, is we'd love to have everybody check out the Kickstarter um as we said we're we're funded and we're working on stretch goals um we really would love to get to some of the um the higher supplements that's you know we really you know especially something like supers where there's been a lot of games in the genre you know some of which we've worked on before um when you're entering into the market you're not sure how well it's going to be and there's still demand for new supers games and stuff 
So the Kickstarter is really a way of letting us know, like, do you want more of this game? You know, is are you going to be happy with the core book and like one or two other things? Um, so you know, really encouraging people to to go check out the Kickstarter and uh, and all that. And uh, hopefully, you two enjoyed this character creation process and all that is going to be in this book. And hopefully, people will uh, have a good time, kind of walking through this process and, and making a bunch of heroes that they enjoy. Cool. Um, I, I know that it came out in the update, so I'm sure anyone who already has back got the same info, but one of the way that your stretch goals are, are set up is that when you unlock core books, those are still add-ons. They're just unlocked as an ability to add them on. So if anyone is already backed or thinking about backing and you want the core books, those additional ones, go ahead and change your pledge to cover those. So that will basically bump up your totals faster to get us to the next stretch goals faster. Right. Uh, you can do it in pledge manager after, but then it won't unlock any additional or can't unlock any additional stretch goals if you do it now. Um, so there's a question came in from Mind Wanderer B. Um, mm-hmm. So in the construction constructed method, do you just choose your die rolls? What if you only know what you want as your archetype? Do you work backwards and choose dice that could get you there? Yeah, so you you note what dice you're using from step to step. So you, like when I said, you know, you would roll a d12 and a d6 for the next step. You just know you have those dice and then you pick whatever you want on the next chart. So even if the dice you have couldn't possibly get the entry you want on the next thing, you can still take it. So, you know, if you just had a D12 and a D6, you could still take entry number 20 on the next chart. You would just have the D12 and the D6 to apply during um, that next step. So you can really kind of chunk it however you want. Like you can start by rolling and then at one point say, okay, I know what I want from now on and just start selecting. As long as you, you follow the same process, it'll still create characters, you know, it won't break down that way. Right, so the, the like, in just in lay terms, if, you, if you're accustomed to the book, you can sort of just build anything you can take from each category. And it even sounds like, from what you said, that you can, if there's something you don't like, there's an opportunity to change that in the, you know, at the end of a session or at the end of a, an issue. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, even as part of character creation, if you get to the end or like, man, I wish these two dice were swapped or like, I took a principle from this category, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, you do get one, what we call retcon that allows you to make like one more tweak at the end. And, you know, if your GM's fine with it, you can do several of those because they're designed not to really add m- much to the character power level wise, you know, just let you customize it at the end to be something you're happy with. Right, and the idea of the character metamorphosis has been, you know, in comic books for since the beginning. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, very, very cool. So thank you, Dave, so much for joining us. Thank you for putting together with your team this awesome game. I am absolutely looking forward to playing it. In fact, because I, I do have that starter kit, I might actually run, because I read through it today to get ready for this, and I kind of understand, I think I understand how the rules work, so now I'm ready to run it. Uh, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, I, you know, congratulations on the success you already have. Hopefully we'll be able to unlock even more stretch goals and get some more cool stuff out there. Uh, so one more time, where can people find you? Uh, so I, um, for me personally, I am at Dave the Game uh, and I run Critical Hits, which is at Critical Hits. Sentinels, and this is all on Twitter. Uh, Sentinels RPG on Twitter will be all the Sentinel specific updates. Uh, the Kickstarter itself, you can go on and search up. And uh, greaterthangames.com are the people who make all of the Sentinels of the Multiverse stuff who we've partnered with on this, and they'll have links to everything Sentinels there as well. And you guys know how to Google stuff. Just Sentinels RPG Kickstarter. Click buttons. I'll try to put as many links of those as I can in the show notes to make it easy. Uh, Michael, where can people find you if they want to get more information about you on the internet? Um, They can't. My stealth is too (laughs) high or your perception is too bad. One of the two. Uh, but if you want to uh, reach me on Twitter, you can get me at veryjaeger1. Uh, it's V-E-R-J-A-E-G-E-R. And uh, like I said, it's really stealthy. That's why it's hard to spell. It is very difficult. Uh, yeah. And I'm at the RPG Academy. Pretty much anywhere you go, if you search for that, you're going to find something and it'll be me. If you ever find someone else using that, let me know because we got a problem. I got to go talk to somebody. Uh, but thank you, Dave, for joining us. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for all the people in chat. I love it when people are in chat and talk to us. It always makes the streams go so much better. Um, and again, this will be archived on YouTube and there'll be an audio only version coming out probably in the next week or so. So with that, we'll just do an awkward wave out and say goodbye to everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.